0: <laughs> so welcome to the episode of DC Everything Else with me, Kirk, Rob, and Joe. <laughs> and Hello. I, I'm so Hello. Used, I'm so used to being Scalp so unpro- unprofessional, but since this is so early <laughs> in podcasting, <laughs> nobody's going to know who we are. I uh,
1: responded to your DM. He did. Mm-hmm.
0: Hello. 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 You like doing voices, don't you, Rob?
1: <laughs> Some t- yeah. Yes.
0: Do you do that at work, too? Yes. Like just like, All yeah. the time. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: How did you know that?
0: I don't know. I just got the feeling. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I haven't Are heard you...
0: from Kirk yet.
2: I, I uh, messaged him earlier saying... Uh, did he have a Scalp Hunter issue ready for today? Because I wasn't doing one. <laughs> and, and so uh, he knows he knows we're recording soon.
0: Okay. I didn't get a Skype. Well, maybe I did get a message from a... Who did it come? I can't tell who it came from. I wonder if I should just call him and see what happens. Yeah, maybe. I guess the worst that happens is Skype will try and then it'll hang up on him. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's do that. Because he answered on the... Hello, hello. Hey, you're there. Hello. Yes, indeed. Wow. I didn't know if you were there or not. I'm Cause here. Because you're not showing up like online. You're not, you're not giving me the green signal.
3: Well, I wouldn't even know how to do that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how are you, everybody? It's a trying to get night. over a cold. How about yourself? I'm healthy. Yes, I'm doing well. I'm healthy but tired.
2: Yeah, I'm the same.
0: I'm ready for bed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will be about an hour after this, yeah. <laughs> and it's only 7 o'clock there, Mike.
0: I know. It was a, it was a rough day, man.
3: <laughs> yeah. Now, did you have enough time when you got home to stick the new comics in the oven?
0: No! Matter of fact, (laughs) there's still box. The DCBS box arrived today, so...
2: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, I got my MCS box
2: today, and I busted it open.
0: Ah. I didn't have enough time. That's going to happen probably before I go to bed. I'll probably fall asleep unwrapping it.
3: (laughs) Oh, we do a very (laughs) special episode of Mike Opens His Box.
0: (laughs) Mike Opens His Box. Yeah, that won't be happening tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I can guarantee that.
2: <laughs> I would not be able to go to bed with an unopened box in the house. No, me neither. Yeah, I can I co- if
0: I'm tired.
2: I cooked dinner and and opened it. That literally was uh, my order of business tonight.
0: Do you ever do you ever know what's coming in it, or do you get surprised?
2: I I, I kind of look over the email they send me right before it ships, but yeah, there's always something in there that I go. Oh, I forgot I had ordered that.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't ever look at it so i I'm like, "Wow, I ordered that,
2: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, that definitely happens. well, like I got the uh d c comics presents with the uh, whatever happened to the Crimson Avenger. I totally forgot that I had ordered that one.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. What is that a trade
2: no no it's it's just an issue of d c comics presents it was like a uh a flash team up, but then it had a backup feature, whatever happened to the uh, Crimson Avenger, oh wow. okay, yeah."
3: Wasn't that a recurring feature? The whatever happened to? I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was it would it was uh when they used to have those banners right on the top. And it would be like whatever happened to this character. That didn't yeah, last long, but that was cool.
2: Yeah, that was one thing I was bummed with when the showcases came out. They didn't have those in there, so I'm going back and, and trying to grab all the the ones that I don't have with the whatever happened to's.
0: Yeah, those are pretty awesome. Whatever happened to the Haunted tank? Where is it?
4: Hmm.
3: It broke my heart and went away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, and then, it showed up in New 52 for like a couple of issues, didn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so. It, there was a GI combat uh, title. Yeah, right. It, it only ran eight issues. Right. Um, there was a Men of War title that happened in current, and uh, there was a Blackhawk title.
2: what do you thoughts? think of that Blackhawk oh. one?
0: It was all right. I yeah, mean, it, like was, were... it was it wasn't it wasn't like what I want is like a war comic in World War Two or Vietnam. Right. I don't want it like to be. Oh, this is now. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah right. that's, that's why
2: I didn't like that Men of War one. Do,
0: it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like right. I I understand why they do it. But because but, it,
2: but it's never success it
1: hasn't been successful. It's like
0: Yeah, but either is Sgt. Rock.
1: Well, the closest
3: thing we've had is when DC gave Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray Jonah Hex and it was essentially the same character we grew up on.
4: Mm-hmm. And that had yeah. like a
3: 70 issue run.
4: Right. So, yeah.
3: you know, I, I feel like if you put out a new title that is true to the character we all know and love, that it can be successful, but they always want to, you know, give it a nudge here and a nudge there and they, then they
4: did
0: it with us Hexting.
3: diehards are like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not my character. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know what did I would they? like,
1: um, Mike, we were talking how, you know, Jonah Hex with Omni was cancelled, but then they're re-soliciting as Weird Western. They They need to put out some war omnibuses whether it's our army at war or GI combat something like that that's way overdue
0: it is I'll and I don't know agree. why they would do it I don't know why they would not do it but I, I don't think that the AT&T overseers will allow it to happen mm-hmm. They, I mean I was just looking at the new solicits for DC and it's almost all Batman collected editions I mean
1: it's a lot, yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, th- this this week was. I mean, this this month was like holy mackerel. They're not putting out a lot. It's all Batman. Yeah. It was the well, first time that I didn't. I went like, wow, there's nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, is that War Giant when it gets uh, resolicited? Is that going to be like new stuff again, or or what are I, they doing I, with that? I,
0: I, I imagine that um, three of the stories will be new. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, like any of the other giants.
2: I just I, hope they the reprint I, I, I stuff isn't hoping, just new fifty two stuff. Yeah. Yes. I, the, oh, I hope the, not.
0: <laughs> the new Walmart, uh, books came out, and they always come out like a month before the the previous ones. Right. And I was hoping, like, I saw people posting pictures of them, and I was hoping the the war one was out, so I could just go <laughs> get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, I just I read the ghosts
1: it. one today, and it, it, as enjoyable as the stories were, it, they're not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a bunch of, like, a, 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 you know, three new stories and, and the rest of old stories from whether it was ghosts or, you know, House of Mystery or Unexpected or whatever. And they were pretty much just hero stories from, like, previous, like, Halloween specials and stuff
0: yeah oh, but okay. they they did pretty good and if you <laughs> they think were great about it, stories if you, if you think I, about it uh, not what the, the, the specter appeared in ghosts so you could get away with it
1: mm-hmm. yeah no i didn't so, have a problem with how the, the story yeah occurred. the specter
0: just... i i like the gentleman ghost that was dark as hell
1: yeah that was... <laughs> that was
0: that was insane
1: i did remember um reading before like some of them i didn't remember uh, but that Green Lantern one where, like, it's the zombie virus and pretty much everyone everyone's dead by the time Superman comes back from outer space.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a good title, but what I wanted more of is, like, a House of Mystery, maybe some House of Secrets and Ghosts yep. or Unexpected. At, le- at yeah, least well, throw there's... me one bone, but I understand, like, I understand. At least we're getting Hill House now, so...
1: Yeah, well, it makes me wonder what the war um, giant is going to be. What I mean, what what is that going to be? It'll well, probably sure be a Sergeant Rock Ron's for age sure. or silver age
3: stuff, but <clears throat> not not the more recent. But you know, who who knows at this point? I mm-hmm. think
0: it's going to be a Tom King Sergeant Rock because he's already done two. I uh, I don't know what else it's going to be. Like we were talking about haunted tank, but they probably won't do that <laughs> unless they they change it.
3: Yeah. I would be really surprised if Haunted Tank made it in there.
0: Yeah. I bet you it's a couple of Sergeant Rocks. That's what I would guess.
1: That, I'd be fine with that. I, I'd, I, I would like that rather than just like hero stories set in wartime or whatever. I, oh,
2: yeah. I hope it's not just JSA stuff. Even though I love the JSA, that's not what I want.
3: No, right.
1: not for that type of book. I would love to see them
3: like reprint some of the first appearances, like the GI Combat '87 with the first Haunted Tank, or the mm-hmm.
4: uh,
3: GI Combat '138 with the first Losers. Something, something to introduce these great characters to new readers. Because I really feel like these DC giants are a great way to introduce somebody new to these characters that may not have ever seen them before.
0: I, I'm skeptical. I don't think they would do the early stuff.
3: Well, I'm afraid they won't. Because I'm, I, I, I'm I
0: think I think they're putting like their marketing hat on. I I really do and they're saying, "Well, how many people will Well, I hope somebody that gets a DC War Giant is expecting war." Hey, <laughs> I you <know>. would hope <laughs> so. <Yeah. laughs> well, I I mean, they
2: had a few kind of rock appearances in like the Gosh, when was like the Billy Tucci stuff? That's the kind of stuff I bet if they reprint, they're going to reprint. You know, the more modern stuff.
0: Yeah, that's that. That um, that was just in the last previews. The okay, the, they're they're printing that collected edition. The well, G- there you yeah, go.
3: Got a, a new soft cover version of it.
0: Yeah. There you go.
2: Yeah, I think sometimes they think that you know, uh, I know that at Marvel they have the True Believers, but I think sometimes DC is. Has even though they've had some success with the fa- facsimiles, they're scared to try to mass market the old style of comics.
0: They they're they're pumping them out though. They have at least six, but it's more eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some seventies, but they're Batman. Yeah, they had
1: some Batman ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the Neil Adams, and they had the Poison Ivy.
2: Yeah.
0: First appearance. <clears throat> they're nice too. Those facsimile, I like them. I wish they would do more.
2: I've got the poison ivy one in the stack. I haven't opened it yet though.
0: Yeah. We were just talking about that. Like <laughs> the original had, a, <laughs> had an had an insert in it. <laughs> and uh Rob was saying that his he his didn't have the insert and uh yeah. I, I didn't know if mine did or not. <laughs> I don't remember. And, and I,
2: didn't don't go, I didn't want to go I didn't want
0: to go find it. So <laughs> Well
2: yeah. I looked at the
0: insert in the facsimile and it was there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well this is a a Veterans Day special kind of thing, even though it's already passed, right?
2: Yeah, we we meant to have it out on time, we just didn't quite make it.
0: Yeah. So who wants who wants to go first? any volunteers who wants to go to bed first (laughs) okay (laughs)
3: who's doing doing scout Hunter? they get to go first
2: (laughs) oh then it's not me
3: i I I need to mail you i've gotten a lot of letters about the scout Hunter fan club i need to forward to you
1: oh boy i can hear about this every episode aren't we
2: he doesn't let stuff go man you'll find that out soon (laughs) i can go though yeah that's fine all right, so uh, I got four-star battle tales number three, and basically this is a reprint book. This is one of those that I found at the comic convention in town the other day uh, in the dollar box. So the very first one we've got in there is called Island of Armored Giants, and that's by uh, Kaniger and Ross Andrew. So there's a map of a mystery island that some soldiers are looking at, and some seismographic activity has been going on there. The last two subs they've sent to the island have disappeared. So the Sarge says, this may be the biggest booby trap in history waiting for us when we invade. That's what you have to find out. So then they go to the place. They can't use subs anymore because every time they send a sub, it doesn't work. So they airdrop six soldiers in a tank. Well, in the middle of their descent, uh, they get attacked by a pterodactyl. And uh, one of them gets tangled up in the tank. And now we're down to five already. So they land and there's a crack in the earth and it's near an abandoned enemy camp. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. And all of a sudden out of this crack jumps a giant red T-Rex and I don't know why they chose to do this. The artist may maybe did know as much about dinosaurs as we know now, but it has like a it has like a snake tongue. It's got like a forked tongue. It's really weird looking.
1: I'm looking at the cover, and this T-Rex has very long arms as well. <laughs>
2: yes, it. it's like mutated devil dinosaurs. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So the two of them climb into a tank to get away because, you know, they're shooting that with the rifles and it doesn't have any effect on it. And this devil dinosaur roars and follows them. <laughs> I know Mike had been wanting to cover some ads. So let me see if I can find this one real quick. So this is a fun one. The first ad that pops up is called The Day Bill Told Off His Boss. So <laughs> it's got this guy in a flannel shirt. I've, to a, I've seen this ad yeah, before. Yeah, this it's is great. Best. So, so Bill's in a flannel shirt talking to this really snooty looking guy with a pinched nose and glasses and like a Dwight uh, white shirt and a tie. Okay. So the boss goes, get in here, Bill. I want to talk to you. You punched in seven minutes late. I'm done with you. This better not happen again or else. Oh yeah. Well, I got news for you, Mr. Bemis. I just got a new job offer with a real future at twice the money. Ha. Anybody be crazy to pay you that much. Well, you think that I've been learning electronics in my spare time at home. It's from CIE, and that's Cleveland Institute of Electronics. And now I can take my pick of any good job. you got to be kidding me. In electronics? Yes, now I've got a career. So goodbye to you and your crummy job. And so, yeah, of course, you have to mail off to uh, Cleveland Institute of Electronics to become like Bill and tell off your boss.
0: I, I, I wonder if he can show up late to his new job.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe. Well, they never printed the sequel, which is you know Bill comes in crying to get his job back.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got great news for all of you. I just looked on up, up online in it in the Cleveland Institute of Electronic Stokes. Perfect. Well, there you so, go. go that is good news. Yes. And, Although
0: the coupon to sign up is probably a lot more expensive. Probably. Yeah, I would think so.
2: <laughs> you should take that in. <laughs> so back
3: does,
1: to our
4: story does it
1: have an expiration date printed on it
4: <laughs> Not otherwise that it tell. should still be valid that's <laughs> right
1: that's right and you know what the, it's only 1776 for a, a course to start a course and you get a free Betsy Ross flag
0: there you go nice. no,
3: that's, a, that's a deal right there uh-huh.
0: <laughs> you should send it in
2: so. alright so back to our story the boys in our tank are in trouble it's picking up it's picking us up in its tail, tank and all. So they got it uh, being attacked by this dinosaur. They're wrapped up in its tail, so the only way to get out the tank fires. But by doing that, they finally do kill the dinosaur, but it of course, falls on the tank and kills the entire crew in the tank. <laughs> so we're down to three. They head to the beach to see uh, what happened with the subs, and they happen to see one of the subs out there. But the pterodactyl is back, and he starts attacking the sub. But luckily, there just happened to be an anti aircraft gun on the beach. I'm hoping that that, like, you know, got launched off panel and they just didn't mention it. So they shoot down the pterodactyl, (laughs) but of course, now they're down to two. They swim to the sub and uh, they find a floating mine, and luckily, they uh, avoid it. But then they look up and there's a giant sea monster that's eating the sub. (coughs) So they push the mine into, you know, the opening maw of the monster and it clamps down on it and detonates the mine. So two soldiers out of six survive, board the sub. Well, what are we going to tell the CEO? I guess we'll tell him we just fought the last battle of the dinosaur age. <laughs> so the next fun thing, there's a text piece uh, about Kaniger, the creator. And basically it's a nice little write up that covers Bob and his most famous creations. So it's got like Sergeant Rock, Easy Company, Enemy Ace, The Losers. And then there's this huge ad in the middle. It's a Pirates of the Caribbean ad. It's like a four page spread. Have you guys seen this one? It's huge. Mm-mm. I know. So um so it's these models from uh, MPC, and they've got like zap action. So there's one that's like a quicksand trap. Uh, It has you push, and they're all skeletons because it's Pirates of the Caribbean like based off the ride. Mm. So it's like one where you press a button and you push a dude down into quicksand. And there's another one where there's this chained guy. He's getting bit over and over by an alligator and you can whack the alligator with a sword by hitting a button. Pretty fun little ad. (laughs) So the uh, next story is Cliffhanger. And this is uh, Bob Haney and Ross Andrew. That
0: is in the ride, right? Where there's like, Uh, at least it used to be where there's like a guy like Trying to not get bit in the ass by the alligator. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I think all these are from the... Because there's <laughs> another one where yeah. one pops out and stabs the map. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think they're all... They there. actually
0: changed it significantly. The last time I went, it had... Yes. Uh, it's got Johnny Depp now. Yeah, it had Johnny Depp in there, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the one scene I always remember is those... They're in jail, and they're trying yes! to get the keys from the, the dog that has the keys at the boat. <laughs> they're <to laughs> like... <laughs> And then they ha- they have one scene where all the pirates are chasing girls, and then they have this really big woman, and she's chasing the pirate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, I, I they, they changed this one too. Where there was a very um, plump woman being auctioned off. The pirates are auctioning off yeah. all these ladies, and the next woman in line is this stunning redhead. And all the pirates on the other side of the of the um, of the water. Are screaming like, we want the redhead. We want <laughs> yeah. the redhead. But from what I, like last time,
0: that correct they changed that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So next up, cliffhanger Bob Haney and Ross Andrew. So it starts off, there's this kid in gym class is Arnold named.
0: Schwarzenegger? No, uh, what is it?
2: <laughs> that was Sly. Sly, Sly yeah, Stallone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so this kid, Vic, he's a big klutz. And, you know, they're they're saying how much of a klutz he was just because he couldn't do a basic chin-up. Well, you know what? I couldn't either. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> so we flash forward from his childhood. Uh, he's in basic training, and every time he tried to climb up the nets, he falls off. So we flash forward again from there to his first day of action. On the beach landing, he falls off the boat. And all the guys are laughing. Hey, hey what this guy won't do to keep up our morale. So when they get to the beach, there's a cliff. But uh, they're being held down by enemy fire. So there's a rope. And Vic grabs it. Forget it, boy. You couldn't climb a rope in kindergarten. You certainly couldn't do it now. Okay, how does this guy know that he couldn't climb it in kindergarten unless he was in kindergarten with him? That's just <laughs> random. But anyway. So. <laughs> but that, that, that
0: is interesting because I don't know if we're all old enough, but we used to have to climb that rope up all the way Oh, to yeah, the that gym. was like
2: presidential fitness test or something. He yeah. never was able to do it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It was high up, too, though. The, it's a gym. It's a gym. All the way roof. up to the ceiling. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, if you think about how dangerous it is, if you lost your grip, you'd break something.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, you were at least like 40 feet in the air. <laughs>
3: well, you were supposed to aim for your classmates if you fell off. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. And, and,
3: and
1: you had those mats down that were, what, a quarter of an inch? Oh. <laughs> thick? a
0: quarter of Get an inch. Get that, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. So what so happened, big... Rob? Did you get, like, halfway up? No, I, I just, I couldn't <laughs> get all the way up there. Uh
1: I don't know why. My, Mike, did you have a, were you successful?
0: Yeah, I was always successful.
1: Oh, I was horrible. <laughs>
2: Uh, so anyway, ha 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 ha, Vic's hearing everyone's laughter. Even the enemy on top of the cliff are laughing. It literally has a picture of the cliff and, like, laughter coming out the top. So Vic's had it. He starts to climb, and he's shooting as he goes. A potato masher gets thrown down, bounces off his helmet. He keeps climbing. A rain of bullets is coming down. He keeps climbing. When he reaches the top, Vic fires his rifle and throws grenades until he's killed everybody. Now, maybe we can stop this ribbing and let the war go on. Vic's finally accepted and congratulated for his cliffhanging performance. But he wonders, what will he do now that the laughing has stopped? Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get a really nice ad for uh, Mike Kaluta's shadow. And so that was, that's one I always wanted to read. You got, I'm sure, Mike, you've probably got all those, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Those are I good
0: I've I even have the Batman issues with the shadow in
2: it. Nice. Yeah. So, our last one is stripe for St. Lowe, and that's Haney and Drucker. So, the whole army's trying to get into St. Lowe, and uh, Fox Company, which is the company we're going to be spending our time with, is the one closest. So, first man into St. Lowe is going to get a stripe. Well, Charlie Kidd, buck private, he wants that stripe. On the road, he's walking, and a mortar shell hits. So, he dives into a ditch and he finds an old soldier. So, now he's got competition for this stripe that he has to get because he finds out that Pops is also going to St. Lowe. Well, first, they need to find out where this mortar's coming from and take care of that business. So then Pops figures it's coming from the trees, but Kit is convinced that it's coming from a nearby home. And once again, we got a nice little ad break. This is one of those I really like, because it shows you the variety that DC used to have back in the day. Uh, let me get that one pulled up. So the first top is coming soon. Prez, the making of the Prez from DC. It's one of those half-page ads. And then the subscription department. So you've got superheroes, which is about a third of the offerings. And then you've got Ghosts, House of Mystery, House of Secrets, Phantom Stranger, Unexpected Witching. Um even more ghost stuff. Then you've got like weird mystery tales, the shadow weird Western tales. You've got six romance books, five more war books, Tarzan, uh, commandy sort of sorcery and a couple of science fiction titles. And, you know, these were, uh, 15 issues for three bucks a title. And I just think about somebody like me who would basically buy almost this many titles in a month. You know, sixty books easy without even thinking about it, and you'd have subscriptions for a whole year to like everything DC put out. That's that's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, those are good old and, days. Yeah, and,
2: <laughs> the, and the variety was just a, like I say, just amazing. How many? I'm surprised kind of they
3: book. still had that many romance books publishing at that time.
2: Yeah, five of them listed, and this is uh, I don't remember what year this was. No, it's
0: 1973. I I believe. 73.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: romance would still be big.
2: So, yeah, I thought that was a really cool one. All Cause, right. Because so,
0: a lot of the romance stuff, you got the groovy and stuff happening. Like, there's, there's a lot of 70s romance.
2: Oh, that's true. I,
0: I, I think they were prevalent all the way to, like, late 70s. Well,
2: I, I remember our neighbors having a big stack of uh, romance comics when I was a kid. So that would have been, like, late 70s, early 80s. And there was, like, a ton of that stuff. And there was, like, when DC and Marvel were doing, like, the kind of uh, Archie stuff, like Millie and Chili and all those kind of books, too. I like Millie. She's hot. Millie I and my,
0: Chili. I got my first Chili. Yeah.
2: I got my, my first Chili since I was a kid the other day at that comic fair. Yeah. That's yeah. good stuff. But, all right. Sight Low. Pops was right. As Kid went to inspect the house, he drew the fire, and Pops took out the uh, mortar. So next on the road, they face a tiger tank, and Pops gets hit. Kid blows up the tank with a bazooka that Pops had been carrying conveniently. Luckily, though, Pops is okay. The tank had only dinged him in the helmet. Okay, he gets shot point blank with it by a tiger tank, and he gets a ding in his helmet, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So they're almost to St. Lowe when an MG starts firing on them. You know, these kids can't catch a break. So while he dives to take cover, Pops uh, runs and makes it to St. Louis So he's the first one in the city. Well, there goes my stripes. So long and good luck, Pops. Pops, are you battle-happy soldier? That's General Bank, Division CO. Well, the general couldn't wear this stripe. Uh... uh Our general couldn't wear his stripes because, you know, if he'd been wearing his stripes, the sniper would have recognized him. So since he didn't need the stripe, he gives them to kid, which, of course, made him a sergeant. And that was the end of four star battle tales. Number three. Pretty good stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. I didn't realize how short they were. I thought always thought like four star battle would be one of those like 60 page. Giants
2: no i think it's just it, i think most of them because i picked up a couple of them it was pretty short-lived and it was uh usually three to four stories apiece i think
0: yeah it only lasted five
1: issues
2: yeah
0: it's because of vietnam um i mean our our country wasn't really behind that war at all it mm. probably war comics became out of favor sort of
3: yeah i think that's where they started to the make war no more
2: yeah tagline to
3: end the stories
2: yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: Yep.
2: But yeah, I think the bulk of these, I, Kirk would probably know this better than me because he he knows of war books. I think the bulk of these came from Star Spangled War originally.
3: Yeah, I, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, I only own w- one of them, five.
2: Me too. <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> number. I have. <laughs> I have number one and number three, so we'll probably cover number one eventually on here. So. Yeah.
3: Now, is number one, is that the one that reprints that classic Russ Heath issue with Cloud climbing out of his plane and using his forty-five on the enemy?
2: It definitely has a Johnny. No, jo- that's, a number jo- that's number two. There's a Johnny story in the first one. I haven't read it, though, yet, because I'm saving it for the show.
1: Yeah, Mike, look at the cover of number one. That's what it looks like. It looks like somebody coming. like. Oh, stick, yeah, yeah. Out He's out sho- plane.
0: shooting his pistol.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: mm-hmm. I, yeah, was
2: I love story.
1: that. His
3: plane's
2: going down and he's still just shooting forty five at him. Well, that's what's so fun about these books. They're like some of the stuff is just straight up ridiculous. Like the guy who gets I mean, he gets shot point blank by a tank and he just keeps on rolling, you know.
0: That's an effective helmet.
2: Yeah, no right. kidding. Not, well he was a general, I guess he gets the best kind helmet. You know?
0: That must have been this like was, the heaviest helmet that you could possibly have.
3: There's a double layer. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: well, I can go next. Um, I chose the uh, let's see, "Star-Spangled War Stories" number two hundred and three, right at the tail end there before it changed over to be called "Unknown Soldier." So, uh, on the cover of this one, it, uh, the Unknown Soldier is saying, "I've got to save that Nazi general, even if it costs me my own life." And it shows uh, a third party about to shoot the general with a bow and arrow. So, what we uh, what we have here is uh, the unknown soldier has been tasked um, by the British government. Of course, these are all during World War II um, to train uh, a lieutenant that basically got his commission because his parents are um, minor royalty, and he's pretty much messed up um, the three missions that he'd been on previously. And royalty or no, uh, if he messes up another one, he's out. So what I thought was funny is is his commanding officer is explaining all of, all of this to the unknown soldier and how incompetent this lieutenant is right in front of the lieutenant's. <laughs> <laughs> and lieutenant's just standing there <laughs> listening to all this and, and so that was kind of funny but um anyhow uh the unknown soldier goes ahead and over the course of a uh, couple weeks um uh, trains him to the best of his ability and feels like uh he's he's about uh, the lieutenant's about as ready as as he's ever uh gonna be it's Le- lieutenant uh eberton and uh so then, the unknown soldier has to go away uh, for a different mission, and when he comes back, uh, the commanding officer says, "Okay, uh, this is this is what's going on. We sent Lieutenant Eberton in to um, kill a, a Nazi general that's been highly effective and seems to be uh, doesn't seem to have any um, weaknesses. However, he is interested in opera." And it turns out that he's going to be attending an opera in Germany um, coming up. And so the plan was uh, the lieutenant was going to infiltrate and be part of the production and uh, kill him from the stage. But by the time the unknown soldier gets uh, back from his mission, the commanding officer uh, explains that they've gotten more intelligence. And this general is actually... Um, part of an organization within the Nazi hierarchy that wants to assassinate Adolf Hitler. And so, because of that, they need the unknown soldier to go in and get Aberton to not um, finish the mission. They can't get a hold of him, they can't contact him in any way, so they're sending um, the unknown soldier to stop that mission because they need uh, this general to stay alive. So, then it does a flashback and it shows Eberton uh, pretending that he's part of this opera and so on and he's making a basically he's he's, he's acting very ignorant uh, in terms of the opera itself and it definitely arouses the um, the suspicions of um, the conductor and he brings his suspicions to uh, this Nazi general and uh, they they kind of plan for watching everyone and having some um uh, some traps along the way so then then we uh see the unknown soldier he he manages to parachute in and he um knocks out one of the players and of course uh if you're familiar with unknown soldier he's always like uh taking other people's um identities um with uh different masks and so forth and so that's what he does here he he uh, knocks out one of the one of the uh, opera um, players, and he's gonna um, do this instead. So he's on stage, uh, and he quickly sees uh, Eberton and Eberton has a, a bow and arrow uh, from the character he's playing, and he goes to kind of throw the. He's he's got a spear. The unknown soldier has a spear, and he wants to um kind of uh, throw it at. Aberton, not to kill him, but just to throw him off balance. Well, the general sees this and thinks that he that the unknown soldier's the assassin. So they have you know those trapdoors that they use for production. So they uh, unleash the trapdoor and he falls through, and he has to fight his way through um, a bunch of Nazis underneath that were uh, ready for him. He manages to do that. And he dives at Eberton just as Eberton um, unleashes the arrow at the general. And it's just a second too late. And it finds its mark in the general's uh, chest. He ends up subduing um, Eberton and gets him out of there. And then once they're free and safe, um, he has to sit Eberton down and explain that he's, he's going to be out. He's, he's failed another mission. Um, and then there was only one backup, and this was an interesting one. It's uh, a Japanese uh, uh, pilot uh, on, their, on his first mission. And uh, throughout the whole thing, it's kind of showing him um, trying to evade American forces, American planes, and he's kind con- he's thinking of his of his wife back home he's running in and out of clouds just trying to evade um the americans and he's not having a lot of success and the plane gets hit pretty badly and finally um as again he's he's thinking about uh, you know back home and and his his wife and everything else uh he just can't he can't get away at, at anymore And he has no, at this point, he has no control over his plane at all. And he is just falling. crashes right into one of the American aircraft carriers. Um, And so, like, the last line is, you know, how would you have known that your first combat flight would be made as a kamikaze pilot? So it's it was interesting because obviously seeing it from the outside, you would think that that's what he was. Whereas in reality, he was doing everything he could to avoid um, being hit and, and actually even uh, uh, trying to, trying to get away. But yeah, that was it. I
2: always like those kind of stories, like the, the backup with that, that kind of twist. That's, yeah. Me too. That's good stuff.
1: Yeah. It was interesting, but this, this was a good one. I was looking at, um, uh, Kirk, I think you were just talking about some like first appearances and stuff, and his, uh, Unknown Soldier's first appearance is 151 and, and that one isn't terribly expensive, and I would love to to own that one someday. It's easier
3: to find than, say, the Our Army at War. I think it's 168 There's some controversy over whether his first appearance is in Star Spangled War Stories or in Our, Our Army at War.
4: So okay. I think
3: that, that kind of helps keep the price down, because one fan camp says it's this issue (laughs) one fan camp says it's that issue i say get them
1: both yeah i'm gonna have to investigate that um but you know i mean if if anyone would ask me you know what's your what's your favorite um dc war um uh, you know uh character it's definitely sergeant rock but uh, for for me right behind sergeant rock is the unknown soldier i've always had a Soft spot for him. So well, he's
3: great. It's kind of a, a World War Two Mission Impossible because he can, you know, he can. He's Ethan Hunt. He can become somebody else. He's, you know, got the makeup kit to he's make not, himself he's, look he's just He's not very like him.
0: good. He's not very good at it though. Well, he's, he's usually gets <laughs> at, at the problems. end of the issue. He gets caught every time. <laughs>
2: what's what's tripping me out? I'm looking at these uh, on. Uh, on my favorite website right now, my comic shop and the, the VF's still be like 13, $14. You could do a VG. It's like two. Yeah. There's, there's a huge price gap for, between for them. That's
0: just r- random which, issues, is- which issue.
2: Uh, I was looking at uh, from about 200 to 203 and yeah, they'll be like $13 for a VF, and then it'll drop down to like 2 for a VG, so yeah. I may be getting some of these low-grade ones, because that's, that's not bad. Well, no, my comment, we were
0: ju- we were just talking about this yesterday, Rob, that the yeah. VGs on my comic shop are really nice. They,
2: really, they usually like, are. That's they, usually what they, I buy. They're,
0: they're, their VG is almost like a fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... Like, if you got the same book, VG, from Mile High Comics, you'd notice a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> and not
2: just price, too, because oh, Mile High yeah, costs exact, a lot more, exact, too. Exactly. Yeah, but sure. they
0: they admit, like, if you look at their website, they do their own grading. Like, it's not even overstreet grading. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, a ton oh. of
2: these uh, low-grade issues are pretty cheap on here. Like like I say, 2 and $3 for VGs. So I'm going to have to get some of these.
3: Well, I do know a guy with some 2 and $3 VGs, you know, just saying.
0: <laughs> are you, you have a Daddy lot of...
3: needs some property tax money.
0: <laughs> do you have a lot of dupes or what?
3: Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I'm the guy. That's why the V very fines are so much more expensive because I'm the guy who for years had the VGs. And I'm like, you know what? I want a nicer one because I love this <laughs> issue.
1: <laughs> Kirk, I was just looking in my database, and it just so happens randomly that I own our uh, army at war number one sixty eight. So right. it looks like I just need to go ahead and uh and and get that one fifty 150, Star Spangled one fifty one. Do,
3: do you have the other early unknown soldiers? Because though, especially the covers are just incredible. They really played up the man of mystery they don't
1: no I him. don't and, and I ah. see I, I, I'm i looking at those covers and I would love to to have a lot of those they, they look great
3: the 154 which is his origin issue <laughs> yeah
2: that's uh, the one I'm looking at
3: that cover is just incredible to
1: me
2: yep. and it's got enemy ace in there love enemy ace
1: yeah that is a great cover I'm just looking at it now
2: I, I
3: hope that I'm remembering the 168 issue number on Our it, Army at War. It correctly. is. I, I
1: I Googled it and it actually is saying um, 168. And then our database, Mike said 151 for Star Spangled uh, War Stories. So, yep, you're you're you right. You're right on, Kirk. Oh, I so love it when w- I actually Wikipedia remember something correctly. Says
0: it's uh, 168
1: or what? Yeah, it's, uh, Wikipedia says 168. Yeah.
0: One sixty seven is more expensive in our database. What's up? With I'll that? buy a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I well, I'm glad that um that you you started this this podcast and you invited me because I I love reading the, this type of stuff whether it's war or western or yeah. stuff like that.
2: Something I don't get
1: the, the chance path. to read that much, yeah. Gives me an excuse to read them.
0: Well, there's a lot to well, read.
3: Do you, yep. you want to go, Mike, or do you want me to go?
0: I'll go. Hopefully I won't get any Mongolian beef folk my GI Combat number 180. But,
3: <laughs> you have, uh, you'll have to upgrade if you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then I'll have to call you. I'll have to call you for that VG copy. This, this, this copy could good pass for a vf it's really nice um the i was trying to pick a book i i had watched midway uh the the new one and uh i thought it was incredible um and i was gonna look for a book that was more um ship oriented because i've always been infatuated with the navy but uh this cover just struck me because it has a nun on the the top of the tank firing the machine gun, and uh, it has Jeb saying, "In the name of heaven, sister, fire!" <laughs> and she's saying, "I can't kill, I can't kill." And uh, what issue real, was this? This was a uh, 180.
1: 180.
0: All right. Yeah, GI Combat: The Haunted Tank, and it, it, it's a it's a fun issue. I'm glad I picked it because uh, there is a uh, A a fighter pilot, a Nazi fighter pilot, they said a Struka. I never heard that term before. S-T-U-K-A. A A Struka hurdles down at the village and sort of blew up the chapel. And there were two nuns. There was a Mother Superior and a Sister Angela there. And Sister Angela got pinned and the Hana tank was there. And this is an awesome like fight scene. You have this this fighter pilot, Nazi fighter pilot, just shooting at the tank, and uh, Jeb is firing the machine gun, and they're hitting, they're firing the turret, and they actually uh, take out the uh, the plane. And they know the the church <coughs> is burning, and they saw people in it, so they go to rescue the nuns, and the one nun that's pinned. They lift her up and they find out that Angela died. And, you know, they try to bring her out. She was talking. It's weird. Um, she was talking perfectly. And then the next thing you know, he lifts her out and she's dead. So I wonder if something collapsed when he, like, lifted the thing on out, on top of her. But then there's Mother Superior and he's like, we got to get you out of here. Let's get you out of here. And this is the part that's just crazy. She says, "I'm not leaving without my saints." So they, there's all these saint statues in, in the church, and uh, so the crew of the haunted tank go to grab all these statues, and they're pretty big. They're they're at least three feet tall. They look like they're made out of concrete, and they jam all these statues inside the tank, and then they say, "Okay, let's go, sister. Let's go." <laughs> The Panzer tank we know is coming around the corner. We need to get the hell out of here. And she says, no, I can't leave until we bury Sister Angela. Oh,
4: So, man, this. the
0: crew of the Honda tank, they have to get their shovels out. And they, they dig as fast <laughs> as they can. They know the Panzer's on its way. And they get her in the ground. And they cover her up. And then they jump into the tank. And then the Sister is like, I'm um, I don't know why she insists, but she's like, I, I want to ride on the outside of the tank. I won't go in to the tank. And uh, so she's on top of the tank. Jeb's with the turret, and this panzer tank is firing upon the haunted tank. And there they're, it's not just the panzer tank. There's uh, There's at least 15 Nazis with bazookas and machine guns just firing at the tank. It's like... Boom! I mean, there's all kinds of explosions. Um, and the sister, uh, Jeb actually gets, like, his arm hurt really bad. And uh, the sister grabs the machine gun and just manages to, like, knock out all these Nazis without shooting one of them. <laughs> like, she she said that her father taught her how to shoot, and she didn't kill one of them because <laughs> life is sacred, but, man, she fired a machine gun, and I, I can't imagine how hard a machine gun would be to fire, like, accurately. Like, you're just, like, spreading bullets everywhere and not hit anybody. Like, hmm. she managed not to hit one Nazi, and they, they sort they sort of got away, but the panzer tank was still on their tail. And then there's this weird scene where the, the sister says, uh, We have to abandon the tank. We can't leave the saints in the tank. So, each one of the the crew have to grab a saint and then take him out of the tank, but what oh they gosh. did was they <laughs> they were setting a trap <laughs> this is the interesting part they were they were like setting the saints off so they thought the 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 nazi uh, tank commander thought the saints were the the soldiers abandoning the tank and they went back in the tank and hid in the tank and they thought there was an abandoned tank and they shot at the saints and uh the, they were in the haunted tank and they took out the Panzer, so it was like mm. they tricked them. All all the Saints though were destroyed, which is is interesting. And the one thing I forgot to to say is the ghost of uh, Jeb Stuart was on his horse, and he had like foreshadowed when he told Jeb he said that nun is gonna save your life, and she did, she did because. Jeb would have died if she didn't take the machine gun and start shooting at these Nazis. Hmm. So that, that was a pretty cool story. And this was the time frame when uh, it says DC has the best heroes, DC has the best horror, you know, like mystery tales, <laughs> and then DC has the best fantasy. And they had Justice Incorporated, Claw, Tor, Striker, Warlord, Beowulf and Kong. And I think I own all of those except for Kong. <coughs> I think that's the only one I'm missing.
3: The Justice Incorporated would probably be my favorite of that bunch, especially the Kirby issue.
0: Yeah. That is that is a good one. But the uh, Justice Incorporated is the uh what do you Avenger? Right? Yeah. 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 So it's the like a Aven- pulp character. Yeah, the, he's the pulp character, the Avenger. So he's made his way into Dynamite, and he's he's had some comics come out fairly recently. Um, yeah, I
2: got I got that trade. Uh, I need to read that at some point. Was that Mark Wade? Maybe.
0: Uh, I don't remember.
2: Yeah, it had a good looking cover.
0: Cause they've had a, I don't remember if it was called the Avenger or what it was, but. Uh, I remember it came out and I remember reading it and then I was like, hey, this guy reminds me of the DC guy. (laughs) And I I didn't realize it was the same guy until later. But, uh, then then there's a second story called Baptism and Fire. Um, The first story, though, the, I I forgot to mention the creative team. It was, uh, Bob, uh, Karen, 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 um, which wrote almost every war comic everywhere,
2: right.
0: and uh, Sam Glasman did the art on this one. My buddy, yeah. <laughs>
2: that that was a great story. I may have to pick that one up. Uh, I love the. Do you think she couldn't get in the tank because like she can't be like in an enclosed area with men or something?
0: Let me see what she says exactly no, I won't have you endanger your lives outside because of me. So there was only uh, enough room
2: oh, that makes for sense, so cause... many
0: people because they had the statues in there. Yeah, right. Sake.
2: Well, you <laughs> but... know, and if they had, and if they had <laughs> taken those statues, that wouldn't have got them out of the, uh, the, the bind there at the end anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, but
0: they might have got out in time. Like, uh, they... <laughs> if they yeah. didn't have to bury somebody, get right. all the statues, <laughs> right. I think they would have escaped in time.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Because wasn't the if this is a Stuart tank is it a Stuart? I don't remember if they've ever mentioned what tank it is.
3: Well, they've had a few a because at tank? one point they had a, a kind of a jigsaw tank that they built out of parts, but uh, at one point it was a Stuart because he was yeah. Jeb Stuart driving the Stuart tank. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- w- I,
0: if I remember correctly from my documentaries, that those tanks were much faster than a Panzer.
3: They were much faster, but they, just they were, were armored... not armored powerful.
0: Well, the Panzer was armored so well that the shells would not even penetrate very much unless they hit it from the back, if I remember correctly. They armored the Panzer so front-heavy, uh, their weakness was in the back. a matter of fact, there's a movie called The Fury. I don't know if you saw it, but it's a tank battle. And uh, I think there's a scene with the Panzer and... Uh, a Stuart tank, or maybe it was, uh, what was the other, Look, Sherman?
3: Yeah, It started out with a Panzer versus like three or four American tanks, and the Panzer was making quick work of them.
0: Oh, yeah, that, it took, took out all the quite, tanks.
3: That's quite a movie. You can't yeah. watch that one with your kids in the room, but it it's like a, an R-rated haunted tank to me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it is a good movie. I'd highly recommend it, um, especially if you're into tank battles. It's probably I one love of the tanks. better ones. Yeah, tanks are awesome.
3: Clank, clank, my Clank,
4: clank. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the other one's called Baptism of Fire. This one's by uh, Carl Wessler and Frank Renando. And the the interesting thing about this is this is about a sergeant that didn't want to let a newbie join his crew. Like, he was just, you go to the back of the line. I don't want to be responsible for you. I don't want to do- have anything to do with you. You get back there. But the lieutenant said, This guy's. The lieutenant overrides the sergeant, and he said, This guy, you know, deserves a right to be here, and he's feeling the replacement of five dead guys, so you're going to need him. Well, it turns out that he's he's sending this guy to the back and trying to protect him because it's his, his son. <laughs> and uh, he got divorced, I guess, really early, and. Uh, he had a stepfather and the stepfather sort of raised this kid but he didn't want to get his kid killed essentially so he was trying to protect him but uh, the kid actually ends up saving the father and then gets a medal for it even though he sacrificed himself in other words he jumped in front of a bullet for his dad so Hmm. that's that's what that story is about but it was a really good issue I liked it I was glad I picked it 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 struck me because of the nun. <laughs>
2: I, oh yeah, that cover's amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it's incredible. And then I I wanted to read a story where like is she gonna kill anybody like, I I or is she just is she gonna say no I can't kill you know right. I was just dying to know. The cover sold it like it just sold it.
2: Oh yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. All right, Kirk, you're on deck.
3: All right. Well, since this was supposed to be our Veterans Day episode, I wanted to pick something that was actually done by a veteran. And a lot of the creators who made these war books actually served. But this one that I chose is by the King Jack Kirby,
2: who not only served,
3: but he, he saw some action, apparently, because this is his I think it's his second issue in his run on Our Fighting Forces, Taking Over the Losers. And in the letters column it says that he served with the 3rd as an infantryman with the 3rd army. And what? his tales that he tells are hair-raising as anything you'll ever find in a comic mag.
0: What was so, the issue what was the issue number?
3: This is Our Fighting Forces number 152, cover dated December 1974, January 1975. It is edited, written and drawn by the King Jack Kirby inked you know, and lettered by d bruce berry
0: you know what king the king did really well too as he did like one page uh things of tanks and vehicles and equipment and in those issues if i remember correctly he did
3: these this run he did on the losers is now one of my favorites but i was slow to come around to it
0: it is it, it when, is odd it is really odd
3: It's very different from any of the other books of the era, and it just seemed off to me. This wasn't the Losers I was used to. But this issue, even then, I thought was a great story, but at the time, I wish maybe somebody else had drawn it. But now, I wouldn't want anybody to do this but the King.
0: Yeah. And I
3: I love that he credits himself as editor first. I feel like that's some kind (laughs) of thumb in his nose at Marvel going, hey, Stan, I can do what I want over here.
0: Yeah.
4: (laughs)
3: But it is an 18-page tale. It's pretty much a full-length story in this issue. You get a letters page and a two-page battle album. But other than that, it is pretty much nonstop action from the first page setting the stage, where there's some infantrymen sitting outside of town listening to the artillery shelling in the town, and one soldier saying to the other, you know, I can't take this noise anymore. He's like, that's all right. We we want this noise. It's, It's softening up the town for us to take it. And then we switch to the other side of town, where here come the losers. They've entered this town thinking that they're about to get a three-day pass for some R&R. And as they get in, they start thinking, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't seem right. You know, our driver was having a hard time reading these French road signs. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think this is where we're supposed to be. It's deserted. And they're walking down the streets, and all of a sudden, Gunner notices some, some enemy troops in the building. And it it goes from there because it is fighting in the streets, it is fighting on the in the buildings, it is fighting on the rooftops, it is fighting back down off the rooftops. And as, I I don't, I don't know. I was probably eight years old when I first got this book somewhere in there. And for a kid who wanted an action tale, this this fit the bill because you've got just the. It seems like the entire nazi army is closing in on the losers and each page builds the drama as they just get closer and closer and the trap seems to be tighter and tighter around the losers and you you see gunner take out not gunner sarge has really done well in this to me i don't see him wisecrack as much in the in the other issues but he he hits a grenade on an enemy troop and blows up the the whole building full of nazis and says, you see that shot? And Gunner's like, that's a lucky shot, Sarge. He's like, nah, those Nazis packed those grenades right there. I knew what I was doing. And I love that he's kind of a wise-ass in this. And <laughs> Gunner's just kind of along for the ride. Gunner gets tangled up with a knife specialist who's about to try to stab him with the knife. It, it's kind of a shades of Saving Private Ryan where the Nazi's trying to push the knife into him. And Sarge comes and saves Gunner and says... Don't play with stick specialists. Dump them. Get rid of them. And kicks him off the rooftop. Johnny Cloud gets injured with a flamethrower. I mean, what what kid wouldn't want to watch a flamethrower in action? I, I'm, I, I don't want to ruin the story. I, I just want to emphasize the action and hope that somebody will say, hey, I want to read this. But the, the losers actually meet up with a pearl-handled revolver-wearing general at the end, who says, you know, y'all are a sad sight. You're a bunch of losers. I'm like,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yes, indeed we are, General.
0: This but, one uh, is collected, believe it or not.
3: There's, yeah. a hard, there's a hardcover collection of the entire run of Kirby. So you have your choice yeah. of hunting down this issue, which I recommend, or getting the collection, which I also recommend, because this Kirby run on the Losers is unlike any other run of the Losers you'll find.
2: Yeah, and once again the the mid grade and low grade are not terribly expensive on that one either. About oh, 450 to 3
3: bucks. This <laughs> is one of my this feels like something Kirby felt when he was in the infantry where the enemy's just closing in and what do we do? What do we do?
2: I love the perspective on that cover like the potato masher down in the bottom corner. That's awesome.
3: Yes, it's a fantastic cover where the losers are just peeking out of the window and they're just completely surrounded. On all sides by enemy troops firing machine guns and tossing potato mashers at them, and it really gives a good representation of the almost the claustrophobia they must be feeling in this story, as the enemy just keeps closing in everywhere they go. There's right. more troops, more troops closing in on them.
2: So this is one from your childhood that you that you have, uh, Kirk.
3: Yeah, this issue stood out to me. It's always stood out to me as one because it didn't fit in with the regular dc and it didn't really even fit in with the rest of Kirby's run because some of them are more there's a there's an issue where it's kind of a Jesse Owens tale so you get the historical figure there's kind of a crazy issue where the nazis build a giant gun yeah but this issue feels like somebody who was in the infantry and felt the, the pressures of the enemy closing in and goes I I know how to I know how to put this in a comic
2: so my million dollar question was: This one of your Mark Jeweler ones, where you pulled the Mark Jeweler uh, uh, ad out of the middle?
3: I wonder if it was because I I remember thinking those those things bothered me. I don't know why, and I pulled them out of several comics, and I sure regret that now.
2: Well, yeah, they make a big difference in price if they're in there. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm.
3: But the the it's wall to wall Kirby.
2: Even the Battle album. Are the, a, are the are the Mark Jeweler
0: the the those like cardstock ads in the middle or what?
2: Yes. Yeah, yes. it's yeah. the ring ads for like class rings and yeah. whatnot. And I think they were only sold on bases. If I want, if I remember that, right,
3: that's the prevailing theory is that they were marketed on like PXs and and whatnot on military right. bases. Well,
0: yeah. I, I noticed on um, my comic shop that they have like the Mark Jeweler thing. And I, I never... Re- I thought it was somebody's collection.
3: <laughs> uh, no, you know it's, it's a, because, it's a cool
0: variant. Yeah, they will have, like, for large collections, my comic shop will list the collection it came from sometimes. Oh,
2: yeah. I remember they used to do that a lot. Like, it would say, like, the Alfred collection on the back and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: So when I'm dead and the, and y'all can sign my books, it'll be the Little Fat Spencer collection.
4: Yeah. LFS. would be glad...
3: You'd be glad to know that this has a really cool ad for Duke, the super action dog. He wants you to be his master.
4: And <laughs> I can tell you,
3: my mother bought me this dog at a yard sale or a thrift store, and he was not a super action dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he was
3: pretty stiff, and he didn't really do a whole
0: lot. So false advertising.
3: It's kind of false advertising, but it's from Kenner, which at this point in the ad says it was a division of General Mills, so you could get your Cheerios and your Duke the Wonder Dog from the same company. <laughs>
4: That's pretty
0: funny. Yeah, I had fun with uh, Billy the Kid the other day. We, me and Rob covered a Billy the Kid Western, and uh, it had an ad for like all these like men posters, like... <laughs> It, it, in in this comic book, it wasn't like you had <laughs> Farrah Fawcett or Cheryl Teagues or any of that. It was like you could get shirtless Leaf Garrett or Parker. I Stevenson. remember you
3: you tweeted out a picture <laughs> of that, and it had it had Robbie Benson, and I was like Robbie yeah. Benson. I remember that guy in some weird show, and I never would have thought that girls would have been pinning
1: his poster yeah. to their walls. Well, and Barb didn't want any of them. I, I couldn't, know. I, I was couldn't like, Barb, that. which
0: one did you want? And she didn't want any of them.
1: <laughs> Nothing.
0: Although she did admit she had a Leaf Garrett.
3: So. Oh, okay. I see. Uh, well, see, her response, wasn't it just a simple no? Because no. that made me think, maybe she already has these posters. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's I not. Already, I already maybe have the Leaf not, Garrett. Maybe it's not, I don't need you to buy one because <laughs> I don't want them. It's more, I don't need you to buy one because I have them all. I have
0: right. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty funny. I had fun with that ad.
3: Yeah, that was quite an
0: ad. Yeah, it was. So this one so this Kurt- one had this one had an interesting letter in it. Um, it was a female that wrote in, and she wrote to the editor. Do you think it's strange for a girl to read and write? To the editor of a GI combat and she says not since we broke through the lines of family it, it isn't so let me quote you uh, from the First Lady Miss Betty Ford if men have to serve in the military I don't see why women shouldn't too, the way they do in in Israel and that's interesting because uh, you know Gal Gadot you know w- was in the infantry mm-hmm. or trained in it yeah, everyone but, has
1: to join it, I think. Yeah, yeah. they have mandatory
3: yeah. service, don't they? Yeah,
4: yeah
0: they do. Yep. Yeah. And it says, why if this had been an issue in my own time, I'd probably have been the first to enlist. Um, and then she says, and judging by her character, she most certainly would. So it was written by Karen Cates of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The other thing that's interesting is these letters you can tell are written by sometimes by like veterans just by the terminologies and stuff they're using so man it's it, it's incredible because this one person was giving like f- facts about West Point and how uh, second lieutenants could uh, earn commissions and stuff it, it was it was just <clears throat> interesting stuff
1: hmm.
0: so uh, yeah I I like reading the letters pages
1: I always look for tea on maple.
2: <laughs>
1: that was a pro- prolific letter writer. Yeah, he he, he died quite a, quite a few years ago.
2: I, I get excited whenever it's somebody who becomes a professional as, as written in. Uh, I think I put it on Twitter before. I don't know if any of you guys have uh, seen it. My favorite still of all time is Brian Michael Bendis giving um, – uh, John Byrne, a hard time in an issue of Next men. And then uh, John Byrne says something about, well, surely you must have never had long hair, uh, Brian, and it just makes me laugh, you know <laughs> because <laughs> we know what Bendis looks like now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. has no hair <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: that is funny. I, our database has uh, a lot of letter people write famous people writing letters. Yeah, in, in the that's note, in the note column. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Matter of fact, I ran into one. I don't remember what I was reading, but uh, it looked like uh, it was Danny Slot, and I kept on thinking, "Is that Dan Slot?"
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, it had to have been. A... <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> so I, had, uh, you know, I don't remember what it was, but I was reading an old issue, and it was Danny Slot.
2: Little Danny Slot.
0: Oh, I think I... it was uh, Strange Tales or something like that.
2: I swear there was like a month, like every time I opened like an early 80s DC book, I, w- I saw a Todd McFarlane letter too. Because <laughs> yeah. I think he, he wrote a lot as well.
0: Yeah. You got to respect the letter column because peop- it wasn't instantaneous like Twitter. You had to put a stamp on it and send it in. Well, like it six, was hard to months, get
3: accepted
0: yeah. too. Yeah. I, I miss the letter month,
3: columns. I, I, I sent a letter to like every Marvel comic on the stands. I was like, that was my goal. I was going to get a letter printed, and I sent a letter to all of them, and I got a form letter signed, supposedly signed by jim shooter i don 't know if it was an action or autograph, and it just said nice work i didn't get in the, i didn 't get in a single issue that I know of. I just got a nice work for i but guess you did,
0: you did get wasting into a, several
3: dollars mailing stamps
0: You did get into a war comic though
3: I got into two of them actually yeah. I, I became a, i 'm sure that Murray Boltonoff was sorry he ever responded to a letter from me, because I was like, I've got a, I've got a pen pal at DC Comics. And I, <laughs> I just started writing him all kinds of stuff. And I ended up in <laughs> two, two different issues.
0: They're like, we got a stalker over here. <laughs> how, how old would you
3: have been then, Kirk? I would, I would guess around 10, 12, somewhere uh-huh. in there. Yeah probably old enough to know that I shouldn't be bothering that man, but
2: <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> young,
3: young and dumb enough to keep doing it anyway.
4: That's right.
2: D- did all your Marvel uh, letters say, when are you guys going to cross over with Team America, and you just sent that into each title? Well, I, I, I remember
3: one, one, the only letter I remember specifically was I wrote into Top Dog, and I tried to win, I tried to win a no prize explaining why there was, I think Joey was wearing a Spider-Man shirt. And in some panels, you can see Spider-Man's head on the shirt. In some panels, it looks like a plain shirt. And I was trying to explain why this might be, that Joey's shirt just switches back and forth between a Spider-Man shirt and a plain shirt. And That's I'm sure that whoever hilarious. read that was like, what is wrong with this kid? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's probably some special file. That's probably how I got the letter from Jim Shooter, was because there's some special file for special boys who write into Marvel <laughs> comics, and they get put in this file, and they give it to Jim Shooter. You handle this, Jim. We hate you anyway. Yeah,
0: I could just see you, like, really disturbed reading Top Dog. Star, that's a Star comic, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what Why is his shirt changing from panel to panel? I don't get it. <laughs> It's taking me out of the story. (laughs) Right?
3: It was a distracting element, and it needed to be fixed in the next issue.
2: He's like, this crap doesn't happen in Heathcliff. Give me a break.
3: Do do better, Top Dog.
2: (laughs) Do better. That's right. Who
0: edited this?
2: go back to harvey (laughs) you should
0: should have drawn your own spider-man on that shirt and send it in then you would have probably got like some kind of no prize
3: well i desperately wanted a no prize i wanted to have a letter printed and i wanted a no prize and i got neither of those things
0: Mm. yeah but you do have a jim shooter stamped thing that's pretty awesome
2: yeah, that's almost cooler than an empty envelope. Yeah, you know? yeah
4: that is cool. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: Well,
3: I'm I'm glad to have it now. I'm 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 impressed that they responded at all. But you know, at the time, it was just crushing disappointment. It was like asking <laughs> a girl to the prom, and she's like, "No way, nerds!
0: <laughs>
3: Take How your top dog you? conspiracy theories <laughs> and get out of here." <laughs>
0: Uh, How old were you when you rode into top dog because that was 8587
3: Old enough to know better but young and dumb <laughs> enough to keep doing
0: it anyway <laughs> I would have been in high school and I was like
3: <laughs> Well I tell you when I got into the teenage years and some of my friends were doing things that I wasn't quite ready to be doing as a teenager I I kind of regressed and started reading more Harvey comics, more star comics. I was like, I don't want to grow up.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that crap. <laughs> I don't want to deal
3: with that crap. <laughs> I'll just stay home. Dream of Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. And I'm not ready to date. I don't want to smoke.
1: <laughs> it's it's funny. You, you went through that. Uh, then I feel like I'm doing that now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I,
1: I was reading some, um, I was reading uh, the crossover between uh, Justice League of America and All-Star Squadron. It's a five-parter, and uh, I read the first two, and it's like, I'm reading the actual Justice League comic that I bought when I was 10. Right. And I'm just looking at this, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, where does time go?
4: Yeah.
2: Oh, definitely, yeah. It
1: just hit me harder I think because it was the it, it's it's the actual copy you know right it's like all sure. beat up and stuff and yeah. Do you remember where you got it oh yeah yeah there was a convenience store up on our corner for the longest time uh, that's where I got almost all my comics and until I was a little bit older and I realized that there's a such a thing as a comic book store
2: when when was your first comic book store
1: uh, I probably had a bit like twelve or
2: thirteen. I'd say. That is, same with me. I don't think I even knew they existed until I'd been reading comics for probably seven, eight years. Yep. Same I would, here. I would yeah. have
0: never known, except I went to my I went to this guy's house that collected comics, and I started going through his comics, and I'm like, "They don't sell this at the drugstore. Where'd you get Marvel Fanfare? Where, where's this glossy paper?" why is Dazzler, what's going on here?
2: (laughs) Well, he was getting
0: direct, you know, the ones that would be, like, direct to the (laughs) LCSs. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, mine was
2: like, what is bleeping Boris the Bear? You know, that was my first one.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I said, there's a comic shop? And he he says, yes, go go there. And I was like, no way. Mm -hmm. A shop with comics? (laughs) It's like, I, I just, like it blew my mind and i was like what is this box this box was made for comics i I don't get it what you mean they have plastic polypropylene backing boards where have i been
2: (laughs) yeah i don't think i knew about backing boards until i was probably in like high school oh oh my god i was gonna say yeah i
1: mean at first, it was just the plastic bags and I yeah, yeah, I picked and choose, chose which ones I, I felt were, <laughs> needed the bag because yeah he
0: was I, like, going to, to Wizard put them magazine all in there. and says that's, that's how I did it Rob
4: only, only the best
1: got the bag only the best got the bag
2: <laughs> yeah and to this day I still have the backing boards that my subscription to DC Challenge came with because I just I for years they were just in the original subscription bags because I'm huh. like oh you got to keep them pr- protected and I kept them in that cheap you know filmy plastic yup. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think it was New England Comics. I placed an order with them, I don't know, I'd guess around 86. And at that time, they started, every comic came with a bag and board. And that was just such a big deal. Yeah. And I was like, wow.
2: Such a big deal. That's still a big deal. That's why part of why I stick to my comic shop is I don't have to worry about, like, I could pick something like the weirdest size on the planet and it's going to come in a bag and a board. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that.
3: Yeah. So I, I like it too. But in 1986, when I only <laughs> had maybe a hundred bags on, sure, sure. you know, to go around my entire collection, and no boards. I was like,
2: right, right. You
0: yeah, I, I get a been bag about, and board with
3: every one. I
0: must have been about twelve when I discovered, or maybe thirteen when I discovered the first comic shop. And when I walked in, my mind, my little mind, was just blown, because. Mm-hmm. I did not know that things existed outside of DC and Marvel. I just didn't know. I well, Archie, you know, it was always DC,
2: yeah. Marvel. Yeah, Archie. like maybe Richie Rich or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But I, I just, I saw like Aztec Ace. I saw like Judge Dredd. I was like, what is this?
2: Oh yeah, man, those and those I, Eclipse books were awesome in the eighties.
0: Yeah, and I just couldn't, I couldn't comprehend, and I was like, wow, I only have five bucks what could I do
2: <laughs> well yeah and those independent books back then were like two bucks a piece too yeah. yeah yeah
0: and then I looked and I was like they have all these boxes I wonder what's in them and there were back issues and I'm like holy crap I can't believe they have these things and then yeah. I was like torn as I have five dollars I could never find these issues and now I can find them and I was like what do I do
2: yeah i i remember my first real experience was probably mile high ordering through a catalog and i remember trying to be slick trying to order omaha the cat dancer you know when i was like uh 13 or something and every time i get turned down they're like yeah that one's not available kid
0: (laughs) how did they know you were a kid
2: i don't know my mom probably went in and like checked the order or something they had (laughs) had seen his name
0: in the top
3: dog letters column and said that was not (laughs) older. <laughs> Anybody reading Top Dog can't have Omaha the cat dancer.
4: <laughs> <No kidding.
0: laughs> yeah, I, I I don't remember seeing my first uh nude comic until I was like well in college. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think I was the same probably in in college, yeah. Oh yeah, my I
2: God. remember picking I think up... mine was the uh, what was that one guy he did all those adventure comics? Uh, it was like some kind of elf thing, and I, would like, I was like, what in the world? Because it was like full nudity, super gratuitous. and it, it Peter,
3: Peter Hassou.
2: Yep, hey. yep, that was it, because Malibu reprinted it, I want to say.
0: What was yeah. it called?
2: Oh, I don't remember. Hold on. Was I'll it look. Quadrant? I think it was Quadrant, yep, because, uh, like I say, Malibu did a trade of it. It was an early trade.
0: Well, uh... I, I found one just recently in the dollar bin, like Star Reach, and it has a, like a lot of nudity in it, and that was like Starlin and stuff. Yeah, they in, had, yeah,
4: they and, had and they big, they, big they they actually
0: they actually reprinted it, like Eclipse later reprinted it as Star Reach Classics or something like that. Yeah. I'll yeah, you're not
3: afraid was a an issue of, of subvert comics with trash man by Spain and I was way too young to have that but we went to a used bookstore that had a small section of comics and they had apparently bought I don't I don't know where they would have gotten them because they had several different undergrounds and there were multiple copies of each underground and they were all rough but I was like, what, what is this? What, whoa, there's, there's boobies in this, this boobies. (laughs) I remember, I remember (laughs) being terrified (laughs) when I was checking out with it, that somebody was going to cold bust me, that the the lady would say like, you can't buy this young man, there's boobies in this. Oh, I know, right? Then my dad would drag me out to the parking lot and beat me or something. You know what I
1: remember is, is just lucking out. And then concentrating on these issues is alien encounters from Eclipse. Oh, wow. just randomly yep. would have. It, yeah, it, it would be incidental. And six from uh, Sirius was a uh, was it an epic book? I think
2: it was epic. Yeah, Galacy. That's a good yeah. book. Yeah. So both of them. Had, I'm like, oh,
1: I really pulled a fast one on <laughs> on these guys because I had no idea and uh, just went back
2: and kept buying. You know, bought the rest of them. <laughs>
0: For me, it was Bag & Save. It was a grocery store, and they had Heavy Metal Magazine.
2: That's and... the one I was going to say, Walden Books and Heavy Metal. Yep. <laughs>
0: I would just sit there as my parents were grocery shopping and look at all the pictures. And, and I was like, no well, I was always so worried that they'd see me looking at them, so I would grab, like, a Sports Illustrated and then stick <laughs> the Heavy Metal Magazine <laughs> in the Sports <laughs> Illustrated. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's awesome.
2: Uh, that's great.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. Mom and yeah. dad, I promise I'm reading about the Cubs. I think this is their year. I'm not looking at boobies at all. No boobies.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, yeah. well, I, I think
1: I got to get to bed.
0: Yeah. Let's wrap this up. But before we wrap it up, let's do an intro so I can paste it to the beginning of this episode. All right. <laughs> So welcome to the episode of DC Everything Else with me, Kirk, Rob, and Joe. (laughs) Hello. Hello. I'm so used to being so unprofessional, but since this is so early (laughs) in podcasting, (laughs) nobody's going to know who we are. But uh, (laughs) um, on the Twitter, you can reach us at... At Iowa's Joe, at Rob Krieger, at Big Army. What was it?
3: At Big Five Army.
0: Big Five Army. I, don't, I just type Kirk in the smart search. Find I, I type
2: I type Big, yep.
0: I type Kirk. <laughs> yeah, if
2: Twitter
3: doesn't recognize it, half the time I don't get to tag the person I'm in.
0: <laughs> I'm at Mike Myers Brunch, and you can get us on the DC Noise podcast feed. But uh, I'll cut and paste the beginning in there. Thanks, guys, for doing this because I wanted to, to do one this month. And uh, and I wanted to do this war thing. So it worked out. Yeah, well, well was this, was, this
3: was a blast. I was yeah, really
0: that was a,
2: it, guys. it was a great show, guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm, you got to keep the momentum going. I'm glad we were able to fit one in.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right, you guys have a good one.
1: You too. You Thanks, you too. too. Good night. Right. Good night.
0: Thank right.